Hello everyone and uh, welcome to Supply Chain Talk. Uh, I'm your host this evening. My name is Ian Scholar and I'm the uh, head of the SIPS Study Centre, the Chartered Institute of Procurement Supplies. So I'll be looking after you today. Uh, welcome to anybody new uh, to Supply Chain Talk. I think you're in for a treat. Um, if you are new, we don't have any fancy presentations or any funky slides. We literally have just great conversation with really interesting people. Um, and I've got three great guests here today, which I think you will enjoy. They've got fantastic uh, uh, backgrounds and information. I'll tell you a bit more about that a bit later on. Um, last week, I had a fantastic session with um, Robert Ford of Mars. We had a really good conversation uh, about enabling your team to uh, adapt and thrive um, during these uh, difficult times of constant change. I think a lot of our supply chain talks recently we've been talking about the the change um, and today is uh, also we are going to be looking at the sorts of impacts that change has on us we're going to be looking at um, the whole sort of end-to-end -end supply chain uh, and looking at stewardship uh, particularly um, so um, we have got a chat um, so please feel free to get on and talk to one another I think you'll enjoy that and also if you have any questions uh, that you want to put forward to either myself um, or the other presenters please put it in the Q&A um, and we'll keep an eye on that and I'll make sure that we answer as many of the questions as we possibly can. Um, and every week we actually give away this beautiful supply chain mug. Uh, it only comes in one colour, um, so you can't choose your colour, but it is really great. And we'll send it out to the person that either uh, asks us the best question uh, of the afternoon as well. Um, so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our first um, guest, which is Ankle. Ankle, are you there? Would you like to come and join me? Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Ankle. Can you tell a little bit uh, to the audience a bit about yourself and, um, and a bit about your company as well? I think that'd be useful and relevant. Yeah, um, um, my name is Angel, I come from uh, Barcelona, Spain, and I have developed my career in uh, inside of uh, always in operations and supply chain in different multinationals like uh, Samsung or General Electric and uh, Jotun recently. I'm also having some punctual collaborations uh, as a teacher for some courses always related to operational supply chain in different uh, schools in, in the Barcelona area as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, we were we had a bit of a chat last night, didn't we? We, we managed to get together, um, the four of us, um, so myself and the other three presenters. Um, and we've actually picked out um, what we think is a really interesting article. Um, and in fact, we were just talking about it a, min a minute ago. Um, I don't know if I can ask the supply chain elf perhaps to share that article with us, with all of us. Might be worth just putting it up. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail. We'll, we'll flip through and you'll, you'll have an opportunity to have a look at this article um, when we finish the conversation. But I think what was really interesting um, was it was really focusing on how uh, we as organisations, um, how we can approach the kind of issues we've had around uh, non-resilient supply chains. We've seen that in the press recently. Uh, we've seen real widespread uh, dis disruptions in our supply chains um, and it talks about that and I think we've all experienced it either through uh, political changes such as Brexit, through uh, COVID-19 um, and now you know uh, unfortunately some of the uh, issues that are going elsewhere in the world within the Ukraine it's having a massive impact on our supply chains and the way that we can deal with it is actually looking at our supply chains and working as a whole. And this is what this article is really talking about. It's about synergy. So the value of our multiple organizations in our supply chains is greater than the supply chain itself if we work together. Um, and uh, we were having a chat about it last night. And Ankle, you know, do you agree that uh, organizations should actually get together and work for the best interest of the entire supply chain network, which is what this article is about, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think this uh, this article uh, is in, introducing or at least uh, uh, talking about two very uh, important concepts. One of them 
is the is is in my opinion key in the current scenarios. Uh, this is the resilience. Um, in my opinion, this is uh, the new attribute that all supply chains need to integrate to deal with the new world we are living. Uh, we are talking, and uh, you define this kind of world, is a world of uh, uh, disruptions, it's a world of wars, unfortunately, it's a world of uh, pandemics, uh, it's a world of plenty of customers, uh, very, very demanding, it's a world of uncertainty. So uh, today, more than never, resilience in our supply chains is, is totally, totally key. Uh, and it's a relatively new concept. We have been always talking about uh, service, efficiency, cost, but not too much about resilience. Uh, it's now where we are really focusing on this concept. Uh, and then how we can get this uh, resilient, because we can be uh, more proactive or reactive. Um, what we what we can see in the companies after this explosion of events mm. is the people they tend to defend so it's acting as a more reactive way and the, the first actions we are seeing in many 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 uh, companies is to increase the stock increase mm. the stock to to have a better response and to ensure the service to the to the customer but with a higher cost obviously mm. uh, so Probably this is the price that, that uh, we have to pay to increase our resilience when we have not a very good end-to-end -end supply chain visibility. Mm. Okay, so uh, we could say that uh, there is not an efficient resilience without a good end-to-end -end supply chain uh, visibility and stewardship. So um, this is... Is, is for me is a, a key concept, uh, resilience and then full visibility of our value chain is something that needs to go uh, very close on, and together. But, but at, at this point, um, I think it's healthy uh, try to try to center some definitions because uh, probably if you are asking to the people about uh, what means end-to-end -end supply chain visibility, we can find... 10, 20, 30 different definitions. No? So, um, and it, this is especially because, in my opinion, because uh, we, uh, many, many, many people, we tend to think that uh, the end-to-end -end supply chain and especially end-to-end -end supply chain visibility starts when we deliver something to the, to the, to the customer from our warehouse through different uh, distribution center, howlers. Is there when we have to uh, monitor and tracking our product in, to see if it arrives to the customer on time. But uh, I think we should go much more upstream mm -hmm. uh, and go to to the beginning of everything. The, the beginning of the value chain is the design, and the end is the is the if when we deliver to the customer or even the after sales or the reverse logistics. So we have to have also visibility there. Uh, but for me, uh, one of the main challenges and one of the blind spots in the value chain is the, the first link, let's say, the, the supplier. And even more, the supplier of the supplier. Yeah. We have not visibility of that. And uh, the first disruptions started in, the, in this part of the, of the chain. And we cannot see it, so we cannot react. We, can, well, we are very reactive, not no proactive, because when, when the disruption happened, we we were not aware before isn't it? Mm -hmm. so um so in order that, that to 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 fix a, a definition of the end-to-end -end supply chain visibility i have taken the the gardener uh, gardener definition uh, which will be more or less the capability that provides control access and transparency to accurate timely and complete plans events and data within and across all organizations and this is a very important uh, point all organization of the value chain to support an effective planning and execution of supply chain operations mm. to take a common definition i think this is a very valid one so uh, the entire process 
uh, needs to be tracked and registered mm. because and, and accessible because yeah. uh, this gives us the opportunity to make a good analysis because the real value of the visibility is to analyze the information we can see in order to uh, optimize and improve and take decisions. Uh, so it is clear that we cannot uh, control or manage what we cannot see. So, uh, and uh, is it, it is that part of the definition of the Gartner definition that mentions all the organizations in the value chain that uh, uh, leads adds to another interesting concept of the of the article, which is the synergy. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's a, it's a key concept as well. Is the synergy between all the actors of the value value change. Brilliant. Um, I absolutely agree. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in Scott and Rene in now to, to join us in this conversation because I think we're hitting on you know some really important bits. And I know from myself um, talking to people. So Scott, uh, Rene, would you like to join us as well? Fabulous. Excellent. Rene, would you like to just say a little bit about yourself and, and your organization? Yeah, uh, my name is Rene, and uh, yeah, first, uh, thank you for the introduction. Um, I am, yeah, what I call myself, a procurement uh, professional who've had the pleasure of implementing strategic procurement in, in three Danish uh, organizations over the past, uh, yeah, 15 years, and latest uh, with um, with Himple, which is a, a major uh, codings company, uh, mainly for, yeah, uh, uh, industrial coatings, but also for decorative uh, around the world. And uh, then um, I stopped there a, a couple of months ago and has uh, recently joined a, a, a Danish consulting company called Cilian Consulting Group, where I am to, let's say, help uh, medium-sized uh, production companies to improve their procurement skills um and uh, yeah looking forward to uh, to that and and developing a program for that but but i would say uh, for me the the main point here is to talk about the procurement aspect into the yeah the supply chain um so yeah good lovely thank thanks running scott would you like to say a little bit about yourself yes uh good morning first and foremost uh, thank you for having me today uh, my name is scott buber i am currently with uh, WSI. We are a premier third-party logistics company. I've been in the industry for over 28 years. Um, my specific focus is sustainability within the supply chain, as well as uh, chemical logistics and chemical operations. Um, one of the main focuses of, of my partaking of this conversation is to talk about end-to-end -end sustainability and partnership um, and some of the nuances that we've experienced on our end um, and some of the solutions that uh, we've come across as well. Brilliant. Thank, thanks, Scott. And, and, and a bit later on, we're going to talk about visibility, but I'm quite interested. There was something in the article when it talked about um, uh, synergistic supply chains. And let's, let's assume we, we all agree that this is the way forward uh, with synergistic supply chains. So how do we overcome and break down those barriers um, that we have across the supply chain. Picking up what Ankle was saying, you know, about that, that visibility. How do we break down those barriers? What do you think? Um, Rene, let me come to you first. You yeah, um, I think that, that the main reason is to, as, as you also discussed and as the article also addressed, is for the different parts of the organization to talk together and, and to define what is, uh, let's say, the key importance for the specific company because it's it, for different companies different things are important and I agree very much with with um, with Angel uh, and sorry for calling you Angel but it just yeah it just okay. happens uh, when I see your name but but that that the let's say the last couple of years has proven to us that we don't know where the problem comes. And, and, and you could call it resilience, but you could also call it risk management where, where you need to define where is it, uh, let's say, the most critical parameters is. Is it, let's say, and, and, and there's no doubt that every process is a critical parameter because you got to get the raw materials in, you got to produce it, and you got to get it out. But, but there are 
let's say some markets which is more important there are some raw materials which is more important there are some of the products which is more key for let's say the profitability of of the company and and i think that that's where you need to sit together uh, within the company and and define what is it that we need to to be in control of because if you're going to sit with let's say every uh, raw material you have and find out you know backwards integration where does the raw materials of the raw materials come from you know two or three steps out you're going to drown yourself in 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 work uh, plus that, that there are specific suppliers who won't let's say advise it but but if you go out and say okay yeah but these you know 80-20 rule these 20% of the raw materials are the ones we need to we need to have the backup plan for we need to increase the safety stocks off etc yeah but th- then i think it it can let's say then i think it can work and then of course take that out and and do that for your for your distribution as well where is it that you need to let's say start with having the visibility um rather than than yeah just waiting to see what happens um because that's what the last couple of years has proven to us that that well if you do that um yeah i can see scott um nodding there do you want to come in a bit? do you agree yeah. with that and you know. <laughs> I, I absolutely do agree with it and i, I want to hit on one of the points that angel had made earlier um when we talk about visibility and we talk about sustainability and um, those things, resilience is, is key. And one of one of the main things that that really gets me is we, we talk about we want to return to normal. We want to get back to the way it was before the pandemic or before Brexit or, or, or what have you. Um, though there is no old way. It's now the new normal. And and one of the things that, that we hinge upon is, is like you said, Renee, is learning how to curve our operation or our supply chain management system around the new normals, the constraints that are built within today's economic system. And as we look at these things, it, it's hard to ascertain how we can avoid going down the proverbial rabbit hole. You talk about, hey, let's drill down and see where our suppliers are and, and where we can get our raw materials. And then do we have a backup plan? And, and as you said, we continue to go down this rabbit hole. But one of the things that, that is very helpful is, is partnering that synergy, getting that synergy, partnering with folks that are like minded, have the same core values and are able to offer solutions so you can focus on the bigger picture. As, a, as an organization, the bigger picture is how do we get our product to the end users in the most efficient, safest manner as possible. And as you develop these synergies, if you will, you can then explore different options through that system. Um, that's one of the great things about parting with third-party logistics folks is they're able to provide those solutions for you. In, in my current state, we are, we are seeing more and more issues that hinge upon uh, labor problems where folks are no longer desiring work um, so we're, we're struggling in the labor pool. Uh, we find that uh, the raw materials are blocked in the port. So even though we might have solutions from a trucking or um, avoiding demurrage at all costs, whether it's rail, um, air freight, uh, trucking again, uh, we are still seeing that when we partner and, and jump in line to develop a solution for our customers, we're able to allow them to focus on the bigger picture. One of the last things I'll state is in the sense of reliability is we have to have the same high standards and developing that trust is paramount because of the unforeseen nature of what the world has become today. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, that's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and ankle, you know, I mean, obviously one of the things we want to talk about today is, is this whole thing about end to end supply chain stewardship and what that actually means for us. But um, but picking up on what Scott just said there, do you think there's anything, do you think there's such thing as a right third party logistics provider? Um, do you think that exists? For me, yeah, um, I'm talking about what, uh, listen Scott, um, I'm talking about synergies, um, how important is a few party uh, 
very well aligned to 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 the company to to create these synergies i think this is one of the the main challenges i see mm -hmm. uh, it is uh, to have a complete value chain with all the actors in a good synergy and harmony is it's like a dream mm -hmm. but if we go to the real life uh, it's really difficult um because uh, it's even difficult to have uh, your company, only your company, in a very good alignment. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you have to add different actors to the equation, mm -hmm. because uh, the, the world is, uh, the business is more global, more global, and we are not talking about uh, the company who is delivered to one howler and the, um, and, and the final customer. There are different, uh, actors playing this uh, this game different distribution centers different um howlers probably uh, different modes of transport and uh, for me the challenge is that uh, uh, is the lack of alignment because uh, every organization included in the value chain probably has their own value proposition priorities or objective Mm. But the value chain has only one value and a unique value, which is the customer value. So uh, it probably could make that uh, every actor tend to focus on their own value and priorities instead of the collective value. I think this is the big challenge, how to align everything in a only one unique value to the customer. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And when I do, do you agree? No, I, I, I fully agree. But I think that it's also a bit of the, um, let's say, one of the differences between, for instance, US and Europe. Because if you go to US, you can find some really good three party, uh, three party providers that can cover distribution in all of US and give you that visibility. But when you come into Europe, you know, who is good? In, in logistics in Norway with the geographical, you know, let's say, way that Norway is, uh, is, 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 and who is good at distribution in Spain. It, it, I have to admit, I have not yet seen, a, a, let's say, a, a logistic provider who is good in all over Europe because a, a lot of them then, let's say, will go out and, and connect with some of the local ones um, for, for the distribution. And then it's suddenly, let's say, you lose a bit of, of the ownership if, if you, let's say, have a contract with somebody who then subcontracts. And again, with the stewardship that we talk about here, yeah, but then, then it's also about that suddenly you maybe lose track with who's actually doing the distribution to the customer. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I think that, that you can have, let's say, regional things where, where if, for instance, Spain and Portugal, you can find suppliers who can do both. You can find suppliers who can do Sweden and, and Norway, but, but finding one supplier, and of course, depending on your, let's say, your way of distribution, because if everything you do is full truckloads and business to business, well, yes, probably you can find some really good ones. But if you, let's say, have a mixture of full truckloads, different factories all over Europe, um, different markets, uh, then then I think that, that yeah, you need to, to, let's say, have more than one. But, but where I do agree with it is that, that you can get some of this, let's say, distribution software so you get the visibility and you need to have logistic providers who then can feed you the visibility so you always have track of, let's say, maybe not, uh, and, and we had a talk about that yesterday, where, you know, where are the products right now this second uh, all over Europe? I don't think, uh, let's say, not many can do that right now. But but at least, you know, keep the visibility on, you know, how many shipments and, and what's the size of it and giving the, the data so you also are able to improve um, uh, both from, from a sustainability point of view, but also from, from, let's say, a cost point of view, because to be honest, those two things often go hand in hand. Mm 
exactly exactly and, and um scott can i come to you so so you know when we're talking about end-to-end -end, uh, stewardship and, and this is a good question really is what what does that mean to you then what does end-to-end -end supply chain stewardship mean to you scott well anytime that you insert a partnership with someone end-to-end -end stewardship is from inception to the very end right so from the very beginning so in in my definition if you will it it surrounds itself about being faithful number one are you are who you say you are do you walk the walk do you you obviously talk the talk because you got the business right so we have to deliver the very same speech through our actions and the way that that happens is we deliver on time we make sure the product is delivered with care it's done safely um, we have total communication Renee, I'm going to piggyback off what you mentioned about the lack of communication. Yes, Europe is a, is a huge ball of wax. It, there's a lot of um, unknowns, uncertainties. But I think that with the right uh, shipping or warehouse management software, um, there's, there's a level of communication that takes place and it alleviates the unknowns, um, at least in this day and age right now. And as far as costs, yeah, there's always a cost. And, and the, the software with that the, the cost is can be extreme when you partner with someone, you thereby alleviate yourself of a cost because you're, you're probably paying just for the service. And it comes bundled with the software and the tracking and the visibility through communication. Um, but going back to the original question, when we talk about stewardship, we want to make sure that you build total confidence, not just with vain words, but by your actions, how you compose yourself in the in the realm of the industry. And as word of mouth spreads and you show that you're reliable and you're able to get things done, I think that is what builds your reputation of being a faithful steward within the industry. Brilliant. Okay. And would you agree with that? Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, yeah, I think there is. Um, I totally agree with Scott. And I will say that uh, another important thing is, is the commitment. So there are different actors during the in all the supply chain, also, and, and it's uh, need to be very clear or very well defined what every actor has to do, uh, uh, what and how every link has to deliver to the next uh, link of the chain. So uh, needs must be very well understood by all the actors and. We have to have the commitment of yes, we are going, we are aligned, everybody understands what we need from everybody, and then we are going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and I think Scott also uh, um, introduced the, the concept of safety and sustainability that uh, I think is very, very important in, 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 the, in the definition of the end to end uh, supply chain stewardship. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And what about yourself, Wally? No, but I, I I agree as well, and I think that that for me the, the let's say the way that I understand the the, the, the let's say the, the word stewardship, it's about doing it right. It's about minimizing, let's say, uh, the risk both from a, a safety point of view, but but also making sure that you let's say continuously try to improve what what you have. Uh, but but for me, it's also, and then of course, it's a let's say different companies uh, can have let's say different ways of of doing it right. But for me, it's very much. Um, I, I, I have a background uh, with with Hempel, where majority of the products were dangerous goods, mm -hmm. um, both on on a, on a raw material basis coming in and and um, of the finished goods going out. Um, and and of course that limits the amount of suppliers that you can you can get. But it's also where for me one of the things that was important in the setup was that that we had um, as few hands over in in the supply chain because again dangerous goods. Uh, if it you know you load it, it goes directly to the customer. It's good. If you load it, it goes into a warehouse, but still with the same distribution provider and goes out. It's it you know it's good, but but if you load it and it goes to a warehouse and somebody picks it up that you don't know who is and deliver it to the customer, that's for me let's say not stewardship. It's about knowing you know how it gets from from A to to B, 
uh, and and having a knowledge of uh, of it. Um, but it's also about finding the right uh, the right partners. And I remember one example where where we had a, a, a warehouse handling raw materials, and. Um, as I said, some of these raw materials uh, or, or more than 50% of the SKUs were dangerous goods of, of different kinds. And we had one example where the, the warehouse came to us and, and it was a warehouse in Holland and they came to us and said, mm, you know, our uh, safety departments uh, do not agree to some of the dangerous goods classifications. And we were like, uh, okay. Um, and, and we didn't make the classifications, our suppliers did. And we were like, you know, uh, okay, yeah, but you know, in a busy world, you know, uh, maybe we 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 try to to not care too much about it. But but then when we actually thought about it and stopped up and say, hey, yeah, but for me that's a good example of stewardship. We actually have a supplier who are concerned about the safety of their staff. Yeah who are concerned about the safety of the truck drivers who comes and picks up the goods. And it didn't really matter whether they were, and I have to admit the warehouse were right in, in some of the examples. So we did have to change it, but, but the part of having suppliers who actually challenge you on, on, on these things, instead of, let's say it doesn't care. And I think that for me, as I said, that's a good example of, of stewardship um, because you we, we actually contracted with a supplier who cared. Um, and I think that that's, uh, yeah, at least that, that's one example that I, uh, that I remember. Excellent. Thanks, thanks Remy. And, and, where, so, and where does environmental responsibility sit in all of this? Well, how, do, how do we help our supply chains become much more environmentally aware. Um, Scott, do you want to say anything about that? Absolutely. Um, I, I think it falls in line with accountability. It, it You really look at what you're engaged in and you have a risk assessment. So when you take a risk assessment in, in conducting business, you want to make sure that your partners are all informed. So we talk about the links of the supply chain. We have to hold each other accountable. And how is that done? It's done by recognizing the risks, um, trying to determine what mitigates those factors within your operation and also those operations that feed into your chain. So with 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 the communication comes accountability with accountability, holding each other accountable. It's not a it's not a pointing game, pointing fingers at each other. It's it's not it's not that it's not a contest We're all we all have the same mission. We all should be like minded. And while there might be some differences and some core values, the bottom line is we all have the same goal. And the goal is what? To make sure that from conception to the end user, the product gets where it needs to be safely and it's done in a reliable and an efficient manner. So when we look at how do we hold each other accountable, again, it's expressing what is the risk involved in this operation? Brilliant, thank you. And Ankle, would you like to add anything to that as well? I, mean, uh, I think uh, um, Scott mentioned the key words, accountability, uh, uh, commitment, and for me, alignment is, uh, is, is one, one of the key uh, things to, to, to ensure that uh, the flow uh, across the all the supply chain is, uh, smooth and in terms of uh, deliver the value and safety and 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 sustainability uh, is um, i insist uh, maybe too much in the in the word alignment but i think this is one of the of the keys because uh, there are different actors i mean different organizations and it is very difficult to align everybody in a same objective very difficult really in the real life so um, it's something that we we need to to get in the in the, in the chain yeah i think i think that was an interesting thing actually just reflecting back to the article really there was a bit in there talking about uh, which we've already mentioned a little bit but about the you know the operations team um and the finance team often having different language different terminology perhaps looking you know not having shared goals um and that and that 
I would imagine, I, I don't know um, what you think about this, Renee, but I imagine if we can actually have that throughout our whole supply chain, so we have similar language, similar shared goals and things like that, that's got to help us. Um, uh, what do you think, Renee? Yeah, but I think that it's uh, I think that it's true. But but I also think that it's um, sometimes it's difficult uh, goals to to do. But but there is one. Um, I was uh, having a beer with with a, 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 a let's say a, a friend of mine here uh, in the weekend, and he was extremely frustrated. And the reason he was frustrated was that that he is sitting in a supply chain position and. Um, and uh, when raw materials uh, increased and uh, profit goes a little bit down, he is contacted by finance going, you know, the same route as they did previous. We have to reduce the stocks <laughs> because that's what, you know, traditionally people have done if they are, you know, working capital is king or was king, uh, probably to a certain degree still is. But 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 they were doing the same things and and at the same time when you're in a supply chain situation you know fighting with getting products uh, fighting with uh, you know getting both products into the factory but also out to the clients and then you are asked to do a stock reduction exercise again a good example of of at least uh, one uh, company where where let's say the the Different departments do not, you know, really align on what is best for this company, mm -hmm. and and I think that that let's say to turn it around to say yes, it it is important to define, you know, where is it that we as a company want to go, and and how should we go there, and of course there are certain things they know, there are certain things they don't know, but but it's also a moving target where. Where, where, let's say, today's situation with today's uh, challenges with, with Ukraine, with uh, the shipping, uh, getting containers from A to B, let's say it calls for a different way of, of doing things than, than, than before. But, but one thing that I just want to pick up on as well, that was, uh, Ian, your question in, before in regards to stewardship and, um, and, and let's say, the environmental uh, issues. And one thing that, that I am actually, let's say, uh, or have been missing uh, in, in many times with, with having distributions uh, or, or logistic companies is actually logistic companies coming in and telling us as customers what we can do better. And, and it's a bit of a catch catch or catch 22 because if, if, the logistic company tells us as a customer how we can, let's say, improve. Mm -hmm. And improving is, you know, filling the trucks up more, uh, let's say, doing more, which means that, that often the improvement comes, you know, with, with less turnover for the logistic company. Yeah. But but I let's say it's still my hope, and I think that, that it's still that that you know, if they actually come out and help people to improve continuously, it also means that, that customers are, let's say, willing to stay longer because in many times, yeah, but logistic is a major cost in, in the end-to-end -end and you need as a company to be competitive. And, mm -hmm. and then you can define, you know, where, how do you put the, the sustainability part into it because you need to have certain let's say standards uh, in regards to and ensure that, that you don't have, uh, uh, let's say drivers who are, are not paid accordingly, or you don't, you know, drivers who doesn't follow the, the rules and, and legislation, but, but you still need to, to, to once in a while, you know, uh, tender your distribution. But if you actually had distribution companies who came out and said, Hey, yeah, but we can help you reduce not not so much well one thing of course is the cost but we can help you reduce uh, the, the the co2 uh, emissions by by coming with you know advice on how you can do things smarter 
um, it, it, that's one of the things that, that I have uh, been missing. I, I know that there are some suppliers who do it, but, but of course, uh, I have to admit, I, I have yeah, tried to work it into contracts uh, over the past years, but not always uh, that successful. <laughs> Difficult. Thank you, Ben. Excellent. 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 Okay, so I've just um, a, la a last question. So, um, so we're nearly at the end, uh, and it goes so quickly. It goes so quickly for us. <laughs> um, so uh, we've got about five minutes or so. So, if you, the question I'm going to ask each of you is then, how do we get greater visibility in our supply chains? Then, um, it, you know, it's a really key thing. We've just talked about part of stewardship. We've said getting real understanding of what's going on and really looking at uh, all of the issues, the, the environmental issues, the safety issues, the visibility of where our goods are, how they're being handled, where they're being stored, how they're being transported, all those sort of things. So how do we get better at that? So uh, let me start with you, Scott. So how do we get better at getting that visibility? Well, um, the future definitely hinges upon artificial intelligence, right? So there are, there are firms currently that produce software that gives you real life up-to-date tracking on where the rods, raw material goods are, where the product is in the shipping process, whether it's in a harbor, port, container yard, uh, whether it's on the water, in the air. So it's all real life tracking, number one. Number two, it cuts all the red tape between the different uh, agencies or companies involved in that process. Um, so it's definitely something that, um, as, as a third-party logistics provider, it, it, it kind of gets me wanting to delve into that area because right now our visibility hinges upon a tracking number or a freight forwarder or someone that might get back to me same day or later on in, in the week, depending on where they are in that, in that time frame. Um, with that said, um, there's, there's companies out there that service several different groups, um, particularly in the United States. I know the Department of Defense, NASA, and some other agencies are currently using this software to track their, their raw materials. Um, different manufacturing over in Indonesia, China, what have you. Um, one of the main providers is called Enteros. Um, I'm not trying to, to sell them by any means. It's just an interesting um, thing that's come about over the last few years. And while it is practically new, um, it's something the wave of the future. So current state, um, it's really about communication, establishing those lines of communication, and it has to be reliable communication. Again, one of the problems is within the chain, everyone has different values. And so a request from one part of the chain may be something that someone looks and says, you know what, I'll get to that later. Whereas another provider may look at that and say, oh, I need to get on this right away. Mm -hmm. So the problem exists is how to how do we make sure that all communication is seen as as valuable number one and and the the receiver of that question or that need is feels valued as well and one of the ways you can do that is making sure we are paying attention to detail we're providing the information clearly as to what is being asked so we're really answering the question asked and not giving vague responses Brilliant. Thanks, Scott. That's a brilliant answer. Thank you. Uh, Renee, come to come to you. Sort of what would you like to see to, to get greater visibility in your supply chains? Uh, no, but I, I think that that um, I don't think I, I guess your question was, you know, how do you how do we improve it and, and, and what to do next? And I don't think that there is, uh, you know, a magic uh, way to do it because I think the challenge is very different from company to company. And I do believe that that in some companies, uh, maybe you know, full visibility all the way through is, let's say, next step. But I think that that for many companies, it's about, you know, it's it's about making sure that you take it step by step. And, and I think that it's, um, I think that, that for myself, it's about making, you could say, a, a maturity assessment of the current supply chain and maybe getting somebody in to, to help or maybe take somebody from within the company to sort of make 
uh, an assessment on, on where is the challenges there. Because if you put finance, supply chain, procurement, and even commercial in the same room, you know, many times they're going to be on, on, you know, within their same, uh, let's say, within their same field uh, that they have been uh, historically. So I think that it's about making a, an assessment uh, of the, the, the supply chain, finding out where is the, the current pain points, and then, you know, making it step by step, because it is something that takes quite a long time to 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 change and if you want full visibility which i agree could be you know that that's for the really top maturity um yeah but you need to work it with all your suppliers you need to work it with all your uh, let's say logistic uh, companies and it takes a long time to to let's say incorporate and many of your current suppliers may not even be able to to live up to it so, so it's about making, let's say, just to wrap up and say, it's about making the assessment, find out what is the pain points that, that you need to take as next step mm -hmm. to continue to, to improve. Thanks, really. If, if I may, mm -hmm. um, there's, yes. there's one, one thing I'd like to feed off of that. It, it, that's very great. Um, currently in, in our, again, in the United States, um, our current in-house IT group is able to um, do exactly what you're saying. They're they're able to ascertain what what issues exist. Um, they're they're able to determine what the cost is for a given solution. And there's there's always ne there's never just one solution, right? There's, no. there's levels. Yeah, there's there's different levels. Yeah. Let's be honest. So, do you want the do you want the value plus or do you want the the, the huge high end uh, solution here? And one of the things that, that I've, I've learned in, in watching and how they, they create these real world solutions is they give you a, uh, a menu, if you will, and you're able to a la carte the things that you want, the things that you feel important. And, and yes, if you have a room full of your financial, your operations um, and all the different um, levels within the industry in the same room, yeah, the silos exist. I think that by... Um, allowing the a la carte system and talking about the different levels of solutions, you're able to break those silos down and create yeah. a synergy within the room. I think that that can happen. And, and I think that, that that's where sometimes you need somebody from outside mm -hmm. to, to let's say, uh, yeah, to uh, what's the right word to, um, to facilitate it. Uh, in order to, to make sure that everybody's heard, but also to identify, again, what is important for the individual company. And also to say that, that at least, and that's my personal belief, that, that it, you need to take it step by step. Because, again, if, if you have no visibility today and you want to go to full visibility you know, that's a major step which can go wrong in many parameters where you could say you need to break it down and, and eat the elephant by, you know, bit by bit. Yeah, um, right. I think that, that yeah. that's something that you I need. I would like to... Uh, that's it. And Ankle, Ankle, final, final word from you, Ankle. So would you like to... Very, very, very quickly. Uh, I think uh, the use of the new technologies is key on Paramount to, to, to improve all this uh, chain, but there is a, a step before, uh, because before buy the technology, because there is a lot of uh, options in the market, I think there is a previous step very important is to identify uh, which kind of information and data that today we don't have or we cannot access, we will need to... Uh, allow us to take the right decisions and always mm -hmm. link it to the strategy of the company and to the uh, value proposition and customer expectations. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, because often we are starting to, to, to look in the technology in the market without having very clear what kind of information is really relevant for us. I yeah. think this is a previous step uh, b before I choose the technology. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I just had a, a question, literally a last question that's popped up. Some of the supply chain, supply challenges may be unique to each country. 
and some cuts across all may affect the supply chain goals despite the realignment and commitment of the supply chain partners. What are the practical ways of navigating against these challenges, which some of them may be unforeseen in order to realize the desired goals? Just one comment from any of you, just to answer that. Some of those supply chain- Communication. What was that, Scott? Sorry, <laughs> communication. Yeah. Communication. Yeah, but, communication. but if, if and I know you said one comment and and so on. I don't know that we are uh, at the end, but I think it's also it's also understanding. It's it's also understanding. You know how different uh, ways. Uh, for instance, I've let's say one of the countries that fascinates me the most in regards to to logistics. It is Indonesia, mm-hmm. because you. Hardly anything goes by truck in Indonesia. It's boats to different islands, et cetera, et cetera. And, and again, if you were to set it up, you need to have somebody who understands the way logistic works in Indonesia. Um, and I think that that's where, where especially when we talk global, uh, I agree that communication is important, but understanding is also important because you need to know you need to know the locations because everything is not the same. Brilliant. Thank you. Exactly. And it, it falls in line with regulatory compliance. Yeah. Um, the different countries, how do they how do they fit together, right? And and when you cross those uh, borders, if you will, how do you transition with being compliant all the same? So it does hinge upon understanding, which I think comes about from communication. Yeah. Just making sure that we're not only asking the right questions, but we're also telling, giving the right answers. Yeah. And, and, don't, and don't forget to, to learning. I think is learning mm-hmm. is a very, yes. very good part of the equation is uh, understand why the things are happening and learn for the next time. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. And cool. uh, gentlemen, what a fantastic uh, afternoon. I hope you all enjoyed that. I'm going to give this mug actually to Frederick, which was the last question we just had, which was superb. A really great question there. So that's going to that's going to be coming winding its way to you. Thank you. Uh, I think that was a really interesting conversation, and we probably could carry on for at least another couple of days. So uh, so so great meeting you all. Thank you very very much. Um, please, um, for those of you that are listening, please. We this is a, a weekly a weekly uh, talk. So please come and join us again uh, next week, Wednesday at four o'clock. That'll be lovely to see you all there then. Um, And uh, I only want to just say thank you, Ankle. Thank you, Rene. Thank you, Scott, um, for your time. And um, yeah, it was really, really good. And hopefully we'll see you again because I think we've got a lot more to talk about. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Bye-bye. Thank you for attending today. Thank you all the guests. See you very, very soon. Uh, next episode will be on the 11th of May, 4 o'clock. We're going to be talking about social value. Um, so please be there. So take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.